0: Hello and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. That's right. We are back. Episode 34, no less. Yep, it is episode 34 of the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest Showdown. And we are looking forward to today's episode because we are bringing back the She Talks Hawks segment. It's coming back. Where I, you know, break down, talk about the Seahawks, training camp starts this week. So I thought it would be a really good day to do a preview of what I'm excited and looking at um, when we go on the the 30th and the 10th of August. Yes, 30th of July and 10th of August. I believe that's correct. So we're going to dive into that a little bit later here in the podcast. Mm -hmm. But we always kick it off with the showdown lowdown where we talk about all the sports news and updates for the week. So we're going to head on over to that segment. We'll see you there. It is time for the showdown lowdown. It's the showdown lowdown. I'll just cut it off there. Yeah. So. so All right. Continue. This is a segment where we talk about our Seattle sports news updates, things that are happening around um, the area with our sports teams. Yeah. So we're going to kick it off with the Seattle Mariners. All right. The streak has come to an end Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. post all-star break. The Mariners just could not continue the streak that they were on. Yeah. Fourteen games. The Astros, of all teams, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. handed us the the loss. Yeah, that ended that streak, and they swept us. They did um, the past three games. So eh. here's the deal: eh. the Astros are a good team. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're a good team. Sure. They're thirteen games ahead of us we are second place in the al west their first place yeah they are 13 games ahead of the second place team in the al west yeah they're 64 and 32. okay so twice as many as much as, as i don't like losing to yeah. the astros yeah they're a good team yeah the other component of this is is that julio rodriguez mm-hmm. was out the last three games with a sore wrist sure which was aggravated by a play against the texas rangers leading yeah. into the all-star break he had an 81 home run home run derby yeah incredible i don't blame him for playing at all no of course i'm so that. excited for him you got to do that though it's so, like your rookie season and you make it to that like you get to go to that and he do, earned seven hundred fifty do thousand dollars. i think that's what his contract it's, is yeah, I, think contract his, I think is. his contract is like 700 so yeah he like made, made more, more from that so good, good for, for him, him good for him yeah, exactly exactly um jesse winker got yeah. a, a light ankle sprain they're hoping that he can go with maybe a couple days rest yeah we'll see what the lineup is tonight we'll okay. be at that game tonight was that from him getting like plowed by the other guy in that and in that play the was it yesterday the day before
1: Are i'm you, not he sure was, like, running
0: to first yeah i'm not sure w- when it happened I should know, but we were at the Storm game, so I didn't see everything that happened sure. from that game. It's true. Um, all I know is that I got a text from a friend who is an avid Mariner's fan, and yeah. he was like, now Jesse Winker's hurt. This is like history repeating itself all over oh, again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. But I saw that it was a light ankle sprain, so we're hoping that he comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that he's okay. Mitch Hanager okay, is playing um up in everett right now yeah and he's, he's like doing injury recovery up there yep. right yeah. he had a home run yesterday so great i mean go you know, aqua sox, the aqua you know sox, I mean? yeah go aqua sox, so he had a home run so we're getting players to get back and healthy but then mm. here's some of our like all-star players yeah who hopefully aren't injured long term or don't have to sure. do it you know an il stint or anything like that yeah um, Kyle Lewis is back on the roster, mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. exciting. They're mm-hmm. slowly like implementing him into the into the lineup and giving him like a day here or a day there. It's great. So they're yeah. getting potentially healthy. We just need them to stay healthy at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely because they have a rock star of a lineup if they can all stay healthy and then it's almost yeah. like where do you plug and play? Yeah, you know, yeah, if yeah. they're all healthy, where do you plug and play? Yeah, but along the stretch, okay, the trade deadline is coming up mm-hmm. and the Mariners front office, Jerry Depoto, needs to mm-hmm. get the bullpen some starting pitching help and support. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because Fair. to expect this bullpen to carry them for the rest of the season without I solid mean, starting pitching support in the yeah. rotation, yeah, you're asking for trouble. Yeah. I mean, just look at what happened with the Astros. When you're talking about a top-notch team, you need to have top-notch pitching. Yep and a solid rotation mm-hmm. to compete with the best. Yeah, Cause right now we're not able to compete with the best mm. from our bats or, or our, our, the bullpen. Mm. Well, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm at a point too where <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I was not somebody that was thinking about wanting Juan Soto because oh. I didn't want to trade away Okay. Future prospects, our future. But I've been swayed after seeing what's happened with the Astros. I've been swayed to say, you know what, if we're a serious team saying that we want to make the playoffs, we want to end this 21 year drought. Mm -hmm. We want to take advantage of the lineup that we have. You got to go out and spend and you got to, you got to make a case and show to the fan base of Seattle that we're willing to go there. Yeah. We're willing to spend. We're willing to invest with what we currently have into a player that has proven himself. Who's young, Mm -hmm. 23 years old. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? I wouldn't be mad if they went and got him. I wouldn't be angry. I would say, okay, they're making moves because at this point, what do we have? Yes. Maybe quote future, you know, incredible future prospects or whatever. But like, we've been doing this for 20, 21 years. Mm. Mm -hmm. We haven't gotten anywhere. I mean, yeah, solid, solid points. I wonder, um, I wonder what people out there would think of as like too much. You know, what what would be too much to give up to get him? I mean, they're asking a lot. Yeah, they're really asking a lot. Well, considering the contract you turned down, you know, yeah, um, I would, I would imagine so. Well, at this point, here's what I have to say to Mariners fans: stay helpful. Yep. It was the Astros. It was painful. It was not the way we wanted to see this streak end. No. But our schedule for the remainder of the season should allow us to make playoffs. If if the Seattle is as good as we saw in those last 14 sure. games leading up to the All-Star break. Sure. And we start off we uh, start taking on the Rangers today yep. mm-hmm. again. Our next series with them. So and we'll be at the game tonight. We will be. So that'll be, Stay hopeful. That'll be good to see. We're going to be hope, hope, hoping. There, there we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Somebody said that that wasn't a strategy, and I understand, and I agree with it's that. It's not a strategy. It's a mindset. It's like a way you have to, in my in my opinion, yeah, 100%. it's a way you have to be in order to kind of stick with it and not get overly frustrated. Again, we're like, unless you work in the Mariners organization or some other you know, sports organization. Like we literally have nothing to do with it aside from being able to go to the games and cheer and all that kind of stuff, right? Like we don't have any real sway Mm -hmm. otherwise. So as fans, like we can get frustrated and mad and all that kind of stuff, or we can just try to maintain that positive mindset and be hopeful. Like, Hey, they did this before they can keep it going. You know, all these things maybe can work out. Like, when Simply Seattle put out those, like, disappointed t-shirts, like, are you optimistic, disappointed, or hopeful, or whatever yeah. it was? Yeah, yeah, And, like, right after that, the streak happened, you know, after the brawl with the angels, people are like, yeah. can we get another brawl going? Like, yeah. what's happening? Yeah. So, they need a spark. They need something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe maybe doubt is what fuels them. Maybe I shouldn't say, let's have hope. Like let's, a, chip, let's like a completely chip on the shoulder doubt kind of thing. The, that they're going to make it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I think people have been doubting them for, what, 21 years? So, now I didn't. I don't know. We've all gone on this roller coaster of hope and doubt. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's get off this roller coaster. Okay. Let's slide on over to the Seattle Kraken and talk a little bit about what's going on over there. Let's do it. So uh, the Kraken have added a few more players to the roster over this last week, including a new one-year contract with forward Morgan Geeky. Um, Geeky was actually the only Kraken team member to ask for arbitration if a deal couldn't be reached with the team. And thankfully, it didn't come to that. Mm-hmm. As a deal with an average annual value of $1.4 million was reached, which is pretty great. He did some excellent work last season and um and his brother just got signed this uh in this last draft I think to the coyotes i yeah. want to say so that's going to be pretty cool too when those games come up um the kraken also added defenseman uh Mikhail kempney and kempney has ha- he's, been, he's been a part of some championship yeah. teams including the washington capitals uh, 2018 season and winning the stanley cup um, he's also played for the uh, Czech national team and things like that. But you know, he's had to rebound from several injuries. He's had some left leg um injuries that he's that's really tough. had to work through. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, I want to say he's like 31. Okay. So he's he's veteran turning, presence. He's yeah, veteran presence. He has presence. years of experience under his belt, including yeah. winning the Stanley Cup. So that's yeah. good experience to have on a team. Absolutely. And you know, Ron Francis has kind of said before that like 27 is kind of like the age that's like perfect for hockey. So he's still pretty close to, to that sort of thing. So he's been training really hard, um, with the Chechia national team, including, um, playing and earning a bronze medal at the international ice hockey federation men's world championships in Finland recently. So, so that's been pretty good. So hopefully, um, hopefully him added to the team will also be pretty helpful there for the defense. Now, um, they also made a trade of two 2023 draft picks. Now, these draft picks were picks that we acquired in other trades that we had done. So they're not yeah. like our original picks, they're picks right. that we had acquired. They trades. were additional. Yeah. So we uh traded two of these picks with the Columbus Blue Jackets for Ford Oliver uh Bjork Strand. And Bjork Strand is being projected as a top six forward. Wow. And um and his acquisition is a sign that Ron Francis is definitely trying to strengthen. Um, the scoring opportunities that the Kraken will have this upcoming season, which they need, yeah, they 100 need that, yeah. And I think um, in what I was reading about, like Bjorkstrand was um, one of the one of the be- best scorers for the team, and had kind of I think he'd had like 13 goals in the first 10 mm-hmm. games last season, or 10 goals in the last thir- first 13, one of the two. He'd gotten a lot of goals in the first several games last season for um for the Blue Jackets, so it's pretty good. And and this deal is actually kind of said to be sort of a steal because the blue jackets needed cap space. They had acquired a different player for a pretty big contract. They needed to make some space. And so they had to let go of Bjorkstrand who was actually their alternate captain. Um, So Kraken fans seemed actually pretty pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty happy about that. So, um, so those three additions um, should make for some, some, uh, so, well, I guess A little bit one, of a spark there for the Kraken. Yeah, one Redemption, retention, two additions. Yeah, should make some, some I'm good I'm really excited to moves. see how year two for the Kraken goes. I am too. With the acquisitions that they've made, with, mm-hmm. with the youth of Shane Wright as yeah. the number four pick. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch them play. I think that they're going to be better than mm-hmm. they were last year. Mm-hmm. And they're only going to sink more into what their game plans are, yeah. what they're trying to do together as a unit, yeah. as a team. I think, and the momentum of... Um, of, of the fan base and everything too. And, and how, uh, well accepted and, um, and excited everybody was or uh, well accepting, I guess, and excited everybody was for, for the Kraken to come and, and be in Seattle and have NHL here. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty cool to see what happens in season two for them. And, and I'm, I know I'm excited about it. So awesome. Yeah. All right. Heading over to the Seattle Sounders. Go for it. So the Sounders welcomed a win against the Colorado Rapids with open arms after having lost three straight (laughs) matches. That's the truth. After they had unveiled their CONCACAF banner on July 9th against the Portland Timbers. Mm -hmm. So that was said to be a big no-no by a lot of Sounders fans to do it against the Timbers who historically have beaten the Sounders. Yeah. So like, why would you do it? just against that team fire. yeah exactly it's like people saying to stop booing altuve because it's just like fuel to the fire yeah like, exactly just, like, just it obviously it. isn't throwing him off it's not making it different yeah so exactly so stop. he hit like a couple home runs against us in this last <laughs> stop series. poking the bear don't do that <laughs> yeah so this this match against the rapids it did start off not looking good for the Sounders mm. as mm-hmm. the Rapids scored a goal in the first three minutes yeah. of the match. Yeah. But with 87 plus minutes left to play in the game, including stoppage time at the end. Okay. The Sounders were able to regroup and put on a show at Lumen Field for their fans. That is nice. So it started off in the 43rd minute that the Sounders' Jordan Morris found the back of the net to equalize a score one to one. mm and can you believe this? Hear this. It had been a total of 343 minutes of game time <laughs> since the Sounders had last scored a goal prior to that Jeez. Morris goal. Jeez. It did feel like a momentum shift in the in the match. Of course. Which led to, you know, here's an interesting point of how this game actually started in the second half. Sure. The Sounders' Kellen Rowe received a red card after having received two yellow cards. Ooh. And that was a result of um, the refs basically saying that something that he did tossing the ball over an ad board. Yeah. To, he, the ball went out of bounds. He basically tossed it. It went over the ad board and he, they yeah. said it was like wasting time. Yeah. Like a time wasting penalty. Yeah. So the sounders went down to 10 players for the whole second half of the oh, match. Geez. So it was 11 on 10. Yeah. Which that's a, that's a difference. It's a difference. It's a huge difference. Yeah. It's such a big field to cover. Mm hmm. That that really it's a huge field that's difficult cover. yeah to do it for that long yeah in the second half of a game, jeez. However, in the 69th minute of the match, the Sounders did put pressure on the Rapids goalkeeper William Yarborough mm-hmm. um, when Albert Runsnack made a beautiful pass to Jordan Morris, who took a shot on goal and Yarborough made a save. But Jordan Morris went to take the rebound, and when Yarborough kind of tried to slide yeah to grabbed the ball he actually took Morris out which Ooh. was then in turn a penalty yeah of course and so captain Nicholas Lodiero mm-hmm. um would step into the box to take the spot kick in the 71st minute to yeah. seal the eventual fate of the Rapids love that so he did score that goal and it put the Sounders up two to one nice. and according to OptaJack, which is an MLS stat tracker okay uh Nicholas is the only player in MLS history to attempt more than 12 regular season penalty kicks without ever missing. This was his 17th. Oh, geez. So That's pretty, pretty awesome. Exactly. Yeah, for real. So the next match for the Sounders is against Los Angeles FC, mm-hmm. LAFC, on Friday, July 29th at 8 p.m. LAFC is currently in first place in the Western Conference. And they have a record of 14, three and four. So they're wow. dominant That's as huge. well. Yeah. So That's the huge. Sounders are being given only a 17% probability to win Oof. as we have a record of nine, two and 10. Okay. okay. So the Sounders are currently in eighth place in the conference standings and need to consistently win over the next, well, 13 games. That's all they have left. Yeah. Um, to find themselves in a place to battle it out in the MLS playoffs. Wow. Jeez. Well, um, good luck to them in that game for sure. I'm going to bounce it on over here to the Seattle Storm. Now, the Storm played three games in the last week with two on the road uh, against the Chicago Sky and Phoenix Mercury, and then Sunday's game uh, here at home against the Atlanta Dream. Now, the road games were more difficult with, one, the Sky is the number one team in the league right Mm now, and also um, with the Mercury, I mean – the Mercury really were like they were just pulling out heat during that final matchup between Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi. Like it was insane it, because we were tied every quarter. Yeah. Leading up to the fourth quarter, at the end of each quarter I swear we were tied yeah. or like within one point. Yeah, it was it was impressive and I think I I had read that uh Phoenix had like 13,000 people there they had a for lot. the game because it was just such a huge like monumental experience battle have yeah the goat battle because i mean subert has four championships diana trossi has three championships they've both played with their teams their whole entire careers it's their last season for both of them it's the last game they were going to play against each other it was a huge huge game they played on team usa and won gold medals together like just yep so um the sad part was that both of those away games um Tended out to be not wins for the storm. Um, sure, but you know, t- yesterday Sunday's home game, it was a different story against the um, Atlanta Dream. You know, the team really came together. They pulled out a ten-point win at the end, and you know, it it was much needed to help ensure they get a playoff berth because they're really kind of fighting it out right now with the Sun and the Mystics. Um, those three teams, they're just there's only two spots left. For the playoffs and so the three of them are just kind of battling it out um mm-hmm. naturally you know the next three games will be against of course both of those teams that we're in kind of that top rivalry with right now it's like imperative that we win those games yes and so we've got on the 28th we've got the sun and then we've got the mystics on the 30th and 31st all three of those games are away um and then the game on the 30th is i think the kids day so it's like A noon game, so it's a 9 a.m. like Pacific time game. Right. So those games tend to be a lot harder for um, for the teams to play. So especially, yeah, especially the storm. But you know, despite some of those other losses, there have been some pretty great performances by storm players recently, as well as new records being set. Um, Tina Charles became the fourth player in WNBA history to reach 7,000 career points on Sunday. Additionally, she is the only player Mm -hmm. in WNBA history to achieve 7,000-plus points and 3,500-plus rebounds. She's really getting into the groove with the Storm. It's so great to see. Her first start was actually against the Mercury with the Storm. Um, She started this last game with the Dream She's just been doing she went off yesterday. She had like several three pointers in a row, it seemed like she okay, get this. I think she had 28 points in the game. The way it ended, yeah, it was like something like that. But she'd get up to the three-point line. Oh and I saw this this happen at least twice. She'd like look down at her feet to make sure her feet were behind the three-point line. Yep. And she had time. She looked down, she looked up. I mean, one of those times she looked down twice. Nobody was nobody was I, rushing yeah, over to guard I didn't her. Get what it was about she either. had it was like, oh, go ahead, Tina Charles, just go ahead and like get just, settled just hit and that like up. just go ahead and practice your three pointers. Do what you want to do. She was sinking them. She was. It was ex- it was so exciting. It just that st- that arena lit. It up. was wild. Yeah, it was wild. Um, Brianna Stewart also yesterday had a pretty great day. She um, actually achieved her 51st career double-double in Sunday's game. Um, And then when she played against the Mercury, she reached um, 3,500 points and 1,500 rebounds in 174 games, which is the fastest in the history of the WNBA by 18 games. So she's like rocking that out, which is pretty great. Sunday's game uh, had, I think it was like the 6th, largest atten- uh, attendance in like franchise history in franchise history and so like over twelve thousand five hundred people um it was impressive so there's only two more home games august 3rd and august 7th the 7th is already sold out um so if you want to c- get out and see some storm basketball definitely go get those tickets now so that you can kind of get in on that those last few home games and see subert and pre january uh, in their last season, because uh, it's her last season too. So it is. Yeah. All right. Big stuff. Go storm. Go storm. Okay. Hashtag take cover. The Seattle Seahawks. Hey. Start training camp this week on Wednesday, July 27th. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it will be hosted over the course of 13 days. Now, those 13 days are spread out over the next month mm-hmm, through mm-hmm. August. Mm-hmm. So you can join the Seahawks lakeside at virginia mason athletic center for this training camp yeah and there will be themed days throughout all of those training (laughs) camps and also a mock game at lumen field nice there is guaranteed to be something for each 12 member at these training um camps so definitely go be there in person here's what you can expect if you decide to attend tickets are 12 dollars a piece we're going to be mm-hmm. at a couple of them. Yeah. But here's what you can expect. You can expect a uh, Seahawks schedule magnet and a rally card giveaways. Yep. Special appearances by Seahawks dancers, Blitz and the Blue Thunder. Nice. DJ Soup Sam spinning Ooh. the official Seahawks training camp soundtrack. Nice. Seahawks themed photo ops, face painters, food sampling courtesy of Oberto mm-hmm. and kids activities courtesy of Safeway Seattle area food tracks with a variety of food and beverage options for purchase. Nice. So again, we'll be there on Saturday, July 30th, this upcoming yeah. Saturday and on Wednesday, August 10th. Mm-hmm. And we hope to see you there. We do indeed. It should be, it should be a pretty good time. So that's uh that's going to wrap up the showdown lowdown and uh, Kate's corner is taking a pause. It, you know, it's, it's been a little too active. The corner needs some time by itself. So we're going to have a little she she talks, talks, Hawks talks segment coming up next. Welcome to the She Talks Hawks segment with yours truly, Michaela talking about the Seahawks. <laughs> I'm here for support. She is. Okay. So as we just mentioned, the Seahawks training camp begins this week. And after one of our listeners asked us a question for the mailbag segment, we're going to answer it here, by the way, um, about which position battles I'm most looking forward to see unfold, I thought it would be a great time to do a training cramp, a training cramp. You know what, though? During training camp, you I bet a lot cramps. of people get cramps. <laughs> Hydration is key. Stretching the is important. A okay? training camp preview. Let's do that. On the showdown this week. That okay. sounds less painful. So let's start off with James's mailbag question. Kate? All right, so James, um, uh, also Scott's underscore Seahawk, asks, with Seahawks training camp just around the corner, which three position battles are you most excited about? So I would have to say, and I'll kind of break it down, the first position group that I'm most excited for is the Mm cornerback situation. Mm -hmm. And that's because we're looking at Tariq Woolen and Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant, which are rookies that we yep. drafted Brand they new. fell in the draft and yeah. a lot of people's opinion yep Scooped um, them right up Sidney jones had a pretty solid year last year yep he was consistent mm-hmm. he had a lot mm-hmm. of batted down passes he was mm-hmm. he was solid for the seahawks stepping in when trey brown went down yeah who he, he's supposed to be coming back this season we'll see how his rehab has yeah. been going yeah. on his knee and then the seahawks also brought back in free agency this year justin coleman nice So, I think it's actually a pretty solid group of players. There's a lot of youth here. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you gotta be fast on those corners, though. You have to be fast. You have to be able to stick to your guy. You gotta be sticky, you know? Mm -hmm. You gotta Mm -hmm. have um, speed, your ability to read the plays and the routes that are going against you. Yeah. So, I'm really, really excited for that cornerback Mm -hmm. uh, battle. I'm really Mm -hmm. curious to see who are the starters. After this, I think that it's going to be switched up this year, right? Yeah. DJ Reed, he's gone. So there's an open spot. Yeah. Essentially. True. So that's going to be a battle. I'm obviously, here's an obvious one for most of us. The quarterback battle between Geno Smith, Drew Locke, Eason. Mm -hmm. I don't know that Eason's really in that battle. I I don't think in terms of starting, it would be like a complete shocker if he was. Sure. But the battle between Smith and Locke, Mm -hmm. I think we will see play out in the preseason. Yeah. I think that they will have Geno Smith start those games and have him play for the quarter. You know? Yeah. I do think that they want to see them battle it out in those games leading into. I don't think we're going to know who our starter is until week one. Are we going to have decided it? Oh, sorry. Will we have made that decision prior to like the middle of the season? Yeah. Was it because there was a a team or two last year that was still kind of testing it out like during the season. Sure. And that's that's kind of if like things aren't necessarily going well. You're still trying to plug and play a little bit. Sure. I think that the Seahawks will make that decision. It could even be by week four of the oh, I guess there isn't a week four. But by game one, okay, that decision will be made and they'll stick with whoever they stick with. Okay. If it goes really downhill, they'll swap them out. this isn't where we have a franchise quarterback situation and you just pull them like in that. It's a big, yeah. Like don't do that kind of thing. It's like, no, we have two quarterbacks who have been backup quarterbacks and we're working on some things. We're seeing how it goes. Drew Locke could surprise everybody. I think ultimately maybe that's what Pete Carroll wants is Mm -hmm. for Drew Locke to step it up. He could have another new coordinator, of course, offensively, Getting him settled into into that position, we saw what he did his rookie season when he came in for those final five sure. games. Yeah, and he won four of them. Yeah, and this is more of an offensive style that emulates what he did. Yeah, then. he's he's more used to that style. So that's style. or that he, he was more a, successful. Yeah, he. I think he had said that that's a style he prefers. Yeah, so, so it will be a really interesting battle. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing at the training camp kind of accuracy sure how big their throws can be Mm. drew Locke has an arm gino has posted videos of his arm you know you can Mm -hmm. make those throws if you can get them on target yeah that's obviously best case scenario yeah so we'll see how that goes okay now another one that's a huge actual question mark for me is the wide receiver position for the number three spot so we obviously have tyler lockett and dk metcalf yes we do as wide receivers that are like solid starters yes Freddie Swain kind of stepped into that yeah. wide receiver three role last season, but yeah. I don't feel like that's like locked in for him. Sure. We have Bo Melton and yeah. um Derrick Young, who we drafted okay. this season. Okay. Bo Melton apparently is something special. Okay. And that people thought he fell. Oh. Yeah. Lots of the players that we drafted, people were people were like, they fell in the draft. Why did they fall in the draft? You yeah. gotta like you yeah. got to steal basically. Yeah. yeah. So Bo Melton, Freddie Swain, obviously we did pick up Marquise Goodwin mm-hmm. in, um, for agency this year. Okay. He's ranked one of the fastest people that's in great. Madden. Yeah. Top 10 fastest wide receivers. That's, that's pretty big. D. Eskridge. Don't know really what happened to him. Of course he yeah. was injured his rookie season this last year, but like there yeah. isn't much talk about him. He was a yeah. second round draft pick for us last year. Mm. Like, what's going on? He got injured, obviously, with a concussion. He was Mm -hmm. out long term with that. That was a big concern. Mm -hmm. But what's going to happen with him? You have a second round wide receiver draft pick, and maybe they just never see the field. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, And then Penny Hart, who, you know, he consistently step up when he needed to step up in games, and, you know, he'd get like maybe a few snaps. Mm -hmm. But he was there. You know, Mm -hmm. he's like a supportive role, but he's not a wide receiver three. Okay. Well, I, I mean, yeah. So that's a big, that those are the three positions that I'm most excited to see pan out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, James, for that question. Now, Michaela, I got to ask you training camps are a great opportunity to see rookies and what they're doing and how it's all kind of going for them. So which rookie are you most looking forward to seeing at training camp? This is a hard question because I'm really excited about all of them, which sounds very yeah. like cliche. And no, but I mean, when the draft was happening, I remember you were just like, oh, 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 like you were, you were, you were excited about kind of everybody that we were picking up. So I'm gonna have to say though, like in terms of really excited to see, watch, mm-hmm. play, and their technique and things like that at mm-hmm. training camp, I'm going with Tariq Woolen. Okay, so I say him. So he had a he's very fast. He had a 4.26 40 yard dash at the combine. That's extremely wow. fast. Yeah. He's very <laughs> fluid in his transitions with his feet and his hips mm-hmm. and he has the length. So this kid has all the measurables to be an elite cornerback in the league. Okay. We just have to see how he does in covering routes and reading plays at the NFL level. Yeah. But this I mean lots of lots of people are relating him to Richard Sherman type. Richard oh, Sherman was selected in like the 5th round. Yeah. Right, he had the length, Mm -hmm. he had the speed, Mm -hmm. he had the um the intelligence aspect of NFL. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm excited for Woolen. That'd be that would be great to see. Absolutely. The other one that I'm really excited to watch, running back Kenneth Walker III. Okay, I think he's going to get some starting time this season. You know, Penny obviously had a hot end to to last season. Yeah, really hoping that he can continue that on to stay healthy. All of that. Sure. But Walker III was a unanimous All-American running back in 2021. Yeah. What other running backs have done that over the past 10 years? I have no idea. I know you don't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we have Brees Hall. Okay. uh, Chuba Hubert. Okay. Jonathan Taylor two times. I know who that is. Bryce Love. Okay. Dalvin Cook. I know who that is. Derek Henry. I know who that is. Tevin Coleman. I think so. Mel- Melvin Gordon <laughs> Andre Williams and Trent Richardson now okay. Walker the third that's some great company yeah so for them to select them in the second round was obviously again I'm going to say it, a draft steal I'm going to draft steals everywhere yeah this this year yeah. that's some great great company to be in mm-hmm. and I think that the Seahawks were very smart in selecting Walker the third like it's indicative that he's going to be like solid I think that Pete Carroll will heavily lean on the run game this year. Okay. With having the question mark at quarterback, it's going to take pressure off of the quarterback when sure. they do want to throw the ball. Sure. Get maybe your wide receivers open mm-hmm. because the defense will have to adjust for the heavy run game. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, this offense still has the opportunity to be highly successful. Yeah. Because of investing where they invested in the draft. Okay. With an offensive line and a running back up top. Yeah. Well, that's that sounds good. Okay. So we're going to have to keep an eye out on those two amongst others when we go to training camp. So, okay. Training camp, they're going to get themselves all ready. Things are going to go well. But which position group do you think is uh, like the most imperative to the Seahawks finding success this year? Like, what what group really needs to focus? I put so much emphasis on success coming from having a solid offensive line. Yeah. And here's why. Okay. Okay. Um, For the quarterback and a running back yeah. to be successful at your passing and your run game, mm-hmm. you need a strong passing and running protection from – your offensive line. Yeah. You need to give your quarterback time. Yep. You need to open up gaps and holes for your running backs. Yeah. You need to throw the blocks when you need to have the blocks. You need to not hold. You need to have an elite offensive line to have yeah. a very powerful offense. Okay. Yeah. That makes and sense. so I need our first round draft pick and Charles cross number yep. nine overall. Yep. Damian Lewis, Gabe mm-hmm. Jackson, Austin Blythe, the battle at right tackle between Abe Lucas, Jake Curhan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stone Forsyth. I'm gonna need them all yeah. to step it up. And I think that I really do. I think that Charles Cross, who's a rookie this season, yeah. and Abe Lucas mm-hmm. will be starters at left tackle and right tackle. Okay. Okay. We're gonna have a, a very young line. Yeah. You have veteran presence in Gabe Jackson and Um, Austin Blythe at Mm -hmm. center. Yeah. Damian Lewis, it's going to be his third season. So he's getting to that point, but he's still pretty young. He still has time to learn. Yeah. But honestly, yeah, I think that, uh, we're not talking about our defense here. People aren't really seeing or or talking about being concerned about the offense. They're so focused on the fact that Russell Wilson left. Mm. What Mm -hmm. are we without him? Mm-hmm. We have no quarterback. <laughs> we have a quarterback. Yeah. I'm mean, like We don't have anybody, but nobody's talking about the defense. So mm-hmm. if we're able to give our, if you give a quarterback time and you have elite receivers like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, yeah. we got Noah Fant in the trade at tight yep. end. Yep. When you have people who can catch the ball, mm-hmm. if you can protect your quarterback and give him time and give your receivers time to get open, Magical things happen like touchdowns or first downs (laughs) or, you know, yeah, just those kinds of things happen. So where does that start? Yeah. Your offensive offensive line. line. Yeah. Get that O-line up and running. In the defense, I'm just excited to see them ball out. They have a new coordinator Mm -hmm. they got a great coaching staff that they brought on in the off season. I think that they will be just fine there. But again, we are going to need the rookies that we drafted to step up and to play well. Yeah. So turn it out. That kind of wraps up the She Talks Hawks segment and your preparation for the training camp that's happening starting this Wednesday. Yeah. Coming up next is the mailbag segment. You've You've got got mail. mail. Welcome to the mailbag segment. Um, The bag isn't too deep today, so that's kind of nice. We had one of our questions in the She Talks Hawks segment, so thank you for that. And up first for this one, we're going to start with um, Rob Roland Dunn asks two questions. Mm -hmm. The first one is, who is your favorite Coug player of all time and why? This was a hard one between... Gardner Minshew, yeah. who I'm an avid advocate for. Yeah. I really loved him. Yeah. A lot of people loved his his spirit, his mm-hmm. energy level, what he brought to the game at WSU. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to have to go with Max Borgie okay. as my favorite. Lots yeah. of people know that I love me some Max Borgie. <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah, he's he's going to have to be my favorite player. Yeah. I I do like Max Borgie a lot. Um, I personally was going to choose Gardner Minshew because Well, I mean, the mustache, the jorts, like the whole vibe, you know, like just great. So that's that's who I'd go with for that part. Okay, second question from Rob is, um, what is your favorite Coug sports moment that you witnessed live? First of all, it feels like it's been a long time Mm -hmm. since I was in college and experienced all these things. And you've gone to a couple games. I've gone to some. Yeah. But in terms of my favorite moment, that's really hard to pinpoint. Yeah. I want to say that there is a a game. It might have been my senior year of college. Mm. A couple of my friends came up um, or came over, I should say. And I want to say it was a win against USC or Stanford. I should know what team it was against, but it was a big, it was like a big deal um, that we came out with the win because at that time, Mm -hmm. their team was like dominant in the Pac-12. Yeah. So either that, um also there was a game that I went to with Kate and my stepmom and our other friend. Mm-hmm. Max Borgie had like three or four touchdowns yeah, runs. Yeah. And every the whole stands is just like Borgie, 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 oi, oi, oi. Yeah. And that's so, like that's the only one I can answer because I've only been to like two Koog Yeah. things. So that was so. a fun game to watch unfold for Max Borgie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's been a lot of good games it's just hard to like remember the exact moments because they kind yeah. of blur together at some point yeah. and you're like i can't pinpoint and some of the some of the biggest moments that happened in terms of like memorable moments mm-hmm. i wasn't present for but i watched on tv so i can't say sure i can't count that because it wasn't live Ooh, i have a bonus one okay um it relates because um the first time i ever hung out with michaela was actually at coog night for the Rainiers. So while it wasn't an actual WSU game, it was sports and, and it was, it related was Cougar. To WSU. Yep. So I'll say that was, that was my favorite because I got to hang out with Michaela for the first time. So, Oh, <laughs> all right. Moving on. Thank you, Rob, for your questions. Appreciate it. Um, let's go over to Rick Jed who asks or who, who, who says, You've been transported to the Middle Ages where everyone is known by their name and an, ad, an adjective about them. Example, like Merlin the Wise. What would you want your adjective to be? You know, I did think about this and it didn't take me long just because I know yeah. the kind of person that I am. That's so I'm true. like, cool. Okay. Michaela, the compassionate. It's pretty accurate. I feel like I'm a pretty compassionate person. You are. I'm not Perfect but well we all have our moments i try to remember to extend and to have compassion for people and to be patient and sure to try to understand the things that people are going through even if i have no personal context to really like be able to relate yeah makes yeah. sense um well growing up my one of my nicknames was kate the great um but this i mean it sounds a little bit egotistical for for this answer for here so i decided to go to a different route and go with kate the sarcastic because um, while I'm not sarcastic all the time these days, it's been pretty much uh, a great way for me to live my life. Oh, so she has plenty of sarcastic moments <laughs> where she'll say something and she gets a look. I can handle sarcasm. She has to just land it at the right time yeah, it's and the about, right moment. It's all about timing. It's it is. really true. It's timing really true. and approach. Yeah. I mean. Tone of voice. I mean, but. Now you're just making it sound like the sarcasm is mean all the time, but it's not. It's not. It's, it's funny most of the time. It's funny I think I I like time. to have fun with it too. So I'll give her a look, even if I don't think it's offensive and I think it's funny. Yeah. So maybe Kate the Confused could also be another good one <laughs> because that's because I kind of how that turns lot. out. <laughs> She's for like, wait, was this funny or am I in trouble? Is this not the right I go? Is this no okay? and then I'm like, no, it was funny. I'm just being an asshole. No, never. You're too compassionate for that, baby. <laughs> Too there we go for that. thanks for that uh, that question rick it's true it was a good one well and that's that's all of our that's all of our questions it's for a short week. mailbag this week yeah it was it wasn't very deep all right well then this leads us to our closing podcast remarks all right so thank you as always for tuning in yep. and listening to the pacific northwest showdown for supporting women talking sports yes you are awesome you are and we appreciate you it's true you can follow us on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at PNW Showdown on all of those uh, platforms, and uh, as always, Twitter gets the most action. TikTok's kind of got some behind the scenes, like real life Kate and Michaela stuff. Mostly Meet Michaela's pets, mostly and the Kate's cats. Pets. Um, but or the cat, only the one cat. Although the dog kind of thinks he's a cat, but anyway, that's a different story. So be sure to check us out on all those platforms. Follow us. Spread the word. If you like the podcast, please feel free to leave a rating and a review on your podcast platforms so that more people can find out about the PNW showdown. That would be lovely. We would love that. Yeah. All right. Well, remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else. Until next time. Hey, Kate, it's our Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment. What's up, Miguela? I got a couple. Well, I got a dad joke for you. All right, well, that's good because I have a dad joke for you. Are you ready for this? I Okay, dad jokes and sound effects. Okay, here we go. I'm ready. Why? Does a pitcher raise one leg when he throws the ball? I'm sure there's some physics in there, but I don't actually know why. If he raises them both, he would fall down. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it was I It's like the obvious. It's like, "Well, duh." So <laughs> it makes it a great dad. It's almost joke. like a good Kid joke almost. Yeah, it's like a literal... I guess it's... It's a literal joke. Yeah. It's fantastic. I love it. Okay. A joke for you. Why did the Braves hire a baker? I don't know. (laughs) Obviously, they needed a new batter. (laughs) That one's bad. Well, yeah, I mean, it is. It is. It is bad. What are we baking? Also, let's let's continue to change sports teams away from indigenous people names into other things. Mm. But aside from, aside from that moment right there, I mean, you know, if you need a batter, you should definitely get a baker. Bakers know all all those things. They can make you cookies, cakes, brownies, ooh, blondies or those, um, or those ones where there's brownies on the bottom and cookie on the top. And then you bake it in the same thing. And then you end up with like a bar that's like half brownie, half cookie. Those are really good. And then you warm it up a little bit and put some vanilla ice cream on top of it. God damn it. I'm hungry. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. We're about to go bake some stuff because Kate made me hungry. Yay. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Bye everybody.